Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 35, verses 11 through 28. Malicious witnesses rise up. They ask me about things I do not know. They repay me evil for good. My soul is forlorn. But as for me, when they are sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with head bowed on my bosom, as though I grieved for a friend or a brother. I went about as one who laments for a mother, bowed down in mourning. But at my stumbling they gathered in glee, they gathered together against me. Ruffians whom I did not know tore at me without ceasing. They impiously mocked more and more, gnashing at me with their teeth. How long, O Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from the ravages, my life from the lions. Then I will thank you in the great congregation, in the mighty throng I will praise you. Do not let my treacherous enemies rejoice over me, or those who hate me without cause wink the eye. For they do not seek peace, but they conceive deceitful words against those who are quiet in the land. They open wide their mouths against me. They say, Aha, aha, our eyes have seen it. You have seen, O Lord, do not be silent. O Lord, do not be far from me. Wake up, bestir yourself for my defense, for my cause, my God and my Lord. Vindicate me, O Lord my God, according to your righteousness, and do not let them rejoice over me. Do not let them say to themselves, Aha, we have our heart's desire. Do not let them say, We have swallowed you up. Let all those who rejoice in my calamity be put to shame and confusion. Let those who exalt themselves against me be clothed with shame and dishonor. Let those who desire my vindication shout for joy and be glad, and say evermore, Great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of her servant. Then my tongue shall tell of your righteousness and of your praise all day long. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 1 and chapter 2 verse 1. In the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the river Kabar, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. He said to me, O mortal, stand up on your feet and I will speak with you. Acts chapter 10 verses 23 through 33. So Peter invited them in and gave them lodging. The next day he got up and went with them, and some of the believers from Joppa accompanied him. The following day they came from came to Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called them together with his relatives and close friends. On Peter's arrival, Cornelius met him, and falling at his feet, worshipped him. But Peter made him get up, saying, Stand up, I am only immortal. And as he talked with him, he went in and found that many had assembled, and he said to them, You yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or to visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. Now may I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius replied, Four days ago, at this very hour, at three o'clock, I was praying in my house when suddenly a man in dazzling clothes stood before me. He said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. 
He is staying in the house of Simon, a tanner, by the sea. Therefore I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. So now all of us are here in the presence of God to listen to all that the Lord has commanded you to say. Good morning and welcome to the eighth and final Tuesday after Epiphany, also known as Shrove Tuesday. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 35, Ezekiel 1 and 2, and finally Acts 10. And for this last day before Lent begins, uh, Ash Wednesday being tomorrow, when I will not be broadcasting because it's a holiday, holy day, um, uh, Shrove Tuesday is uh, gets its name from Shrive, which means to, means to absolve. And we are entering a Lenten, the Lenten season, which is a time of fasting. So it's also known as Fat Tuesday because it's a, a feast or a gorge before we give up the things that we've decided to give up. But it's also a day where a lot of traditions um, uh, engage in the sacrament of confession um, in observance of Shrive or Shrove, where we get its name. And as far as I can tell, pancakes are just a thing because they're sweet and maybe because they're f- flat and so they appear to be unleavened like um, communion bread. Um, and this morning's readings, we, we get a kind of a hint to the liturgical practices of um, the ancient Israelite tradition before Judy, rabbinical Judaism. And if you don't know that it's there, you won't quite, if you don't understand the liturgical traditions, you won't see it. But when Cornelius, the centurion, when he talks with Peter, he says, I was praying at the uh, the hour of prayer um, at three o'clock. He says three o'clock, Peter will hear the hour of prayer. The hour of prayer is any time between noon and three o'clock. Um, and that is when you go and, and make the afternoon sacrifice. You bring a grain offering or whatever, and <clears throat> you do this every every day. And that's also how the priests receive their food to eat. And so when he says, at three o'clock, I was praying in my house, it's redundant. Peter knows he's praying. Um, and Cornelius is a Gentile, and Peter points out the fact that it's in it's illegal uh, according to the, the Torah, the, the interpretation of the Torah at the time, it was not allowed for Gentiles and Jews to meet together and certainly not to eat together. Um, and so it doesn't, I don't think it says what time Peter arrives. Um, but yeah, I don't see it. Um, but it's heightening this tension between insiders and outsiders, like I talked about yesterday. Peter being the insider, you know, being the one who's expected to remain pure, um, pure in what they eat, pure in, you know, how they act. And Cornelius is a wannabe. As a God-fearer, he is a Gentile who, like the hour of prayer, engages in a lot of Jewish practices, but is not Jewish, Um, hasn't undergone a full conversion um, and therefore probably hasn't been baptized or, or received a mikvah or gone through a mikvah, um, which was at the time this new uh, tradition of 
of purifying converts by water and also uh, women and men when they came of age. Um, and so there's this overt tension between insider and outsider, and the outsider wants in. And Cornelius could have been circumcised and done a mikvah. We don't know why he hasn't. All we know is that he has not. But he's the closest thing to a Jew without being a Jew. And the text makes that clear if you know what the text is saying, like mentioning three o'clock, um, praying. These are um, daily occurrences. There also is morning prayer and evening prayer. And we can assume that Cornelius also engages in that. Um, and so when Peter arrives, um, he makes, you know, he points out, like, I'm not supposed to be here, but um, uh, God shown me that I shouldn't call anyone profane or unclean. And so he asks Cornelius, what do you have for me? Like, why have you sent for me? And that's when Cornelius talks about this vision he has, when he has it, of course. And the dazzling clothes um, are indicative of an angel, but they're also the way that the priest, the high priest is described in the Old Testament, um, whose clothes, white uh, undergarment, and the ephod, the breastpiece with all the gems, they shine, uh, they dazzle, uh, not unlike Moses' face when he comes down from Mount Sinai, which we read on Sunday. Um, and so there's this liturgical underpinning to this whole passage. Um, and not only that, but there's this Gentile, this non-Jew who is experiencing these liturgical moments direct from God. Um, and Peter is invited into this, even as an insider. Um, he comes and says, you know, why have you sent for me? I came without objection because God has shown me something but like, why am I here? So this outsider has who who is not just sympathetic, but to a certain extent desires to be on the inside. Um, he holds this key, this vision um, of this dazzling person, like a high priest, who's probably just an angel, um, stands before him and tells him, uh, "Your alms have been remembered. Your prayer has been heard." Um, and then he, he says, you know, I, um, go to Joppa, find Peter. And that's, that's all, you know, that's all that Cornelius has for Peter. And that's when Peter returns in the next passage, he returns to this vision of the sheet coming down, et cetera, et cetera. And Cornelius says, now we're all here in the presence of God to listen to all that the Lord has commanded you to say. And so he knows, um, you know, the, the, God resides in the tabernacle, in the temple. Maybe, I don't know for sure, but it's possible maybe when you have synagogues, um, maybe God's presence is also considered to be there. Um, maybe, um, but not in the house of a Gentile. Um, I think Cornelius has assisted with building a synagogue, but his house wouldn't have been it. Not someone who's a Gentile. And so Cornelius seems to be making this bold claim that that God is not in the temple, is not only in the temple, is not only in synagogues, but he's here with us right now. Um, and God is waiting for you to tell us what it is that you have to say, which sounds a lot like preaching, which is what Paul loves to do. Um, 
Peter does too, but like Paul is known for it. And so he has this whole audience, and we'll go on in the next passage. We see that all of Cornelius' family will be uh, baptized, um, uh, not necessarily servants. I, I don't know if it even comes up in the reading. Doulos, um, servant, or uh, the one that describes a servant who goes to find Peter's oiketes. So his whole family, all his family members, um, they gather around Peter to hear what he has to say, and then they will eventually be baptized. So Cornelius is like the, you might be a choke point culturally for accessing you know, this whole family, but the emphasis is on the family. It's not just Cornelius that's baptized, it's everybody. Um, and a Cornelius is the vessel through which it all happens, but the emphasis is not on him. Cornelius, in fact, looks a lot less like you know, this arrogant kind of braggart douchebag that you might think of when you think of legionaries and, and Roman soldiers. But he doesn't act as a Roman would. He acts a lot more like a Jew. Um, and God says that God notices that and, and you know, rewards um, Cornelius and his family by making God's presence uh, there in, in Cornelius' own household and family. Prayer for those in the armed forces of our country from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care and keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.